the volume. Monday, top of the morning to you. Sports Gambler with Mighty Lion Monaco. Fresh week, fresh slate. Happy August. You know what that means. It's NFL football time right around the corner. We will have some very exciting guests on the pod this month. Big time NFL guys to predict and forecast the 2021 season. Fresh off a plus 211 fan duel parlay. If you tailed me in Olympic basketball, take a bow. We're up two times our money this glorious Monday. USA covering against the Czech Republic despite getting outscored in the first quarter. Oh, you gotta love it. And Luka and Slovenia cannot ask for a better win against Spain. We cashed that ticket on the money line in a minus 24 point spread. Parlayed with a minus 162 money line. Cash is plus 211 on FanDuel. We're going right back in to the Olympic pool and we're talking the pool that is the Elite Eight in basketball. I got a sick 14 degenerate money line parlay that pays just about even money. Coming at you, middle of the program, and we end with I'm shocked. An eight and a half to one futures in the NFL. I don't like it. I McDonald's love it. But before we dive into those two, we kick off the program with my lock of the day. I am zeroing in slowly but surely on how I see the NFL season shaking out. And it starts with our lock of the day. And I'm going AFC East, Bills, Mafia, minus 140 to lock down the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the not-so-impressive New York Jets, minus 140 to win the division, lock it, wedding crashers up, you lock it up, no, you lock it up, this is... A Buffalo Bills team coming off their first AFC East title in, wait for it, 25 years. Almost my entire life on earth, I have seen this squad not win the East. They not only go 13-3 and last year, they go into the postseason. They effectively win at home against the Colts. And my boy Phillip Rivers' career on a 27-24 W. Don't even allow Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in the second round to get anything more than a layup, a field goal, 17-3. And then they tried to go toe-to-toe with Andy Reid and the boys. Mahomes bests them 38-24, and their run ends in the AFC Championship. But oh my goodness, this Futures is just staring at me. It's one of those that isn't sexy. It isn't glamorous, but it should be a lock. I mean, let's just go down the line. First off, they only lost three times last year. All right? They lost to the Chiefs in the regular season. They got the Hale Murray 32-30 win 
we all remember when Hopkins went up and grabbed the rock like an unbelievable offensive rebounder in the NBA. Little bam out of bio with it. Pulls down the rock. The Bills lose a game they should have won. And then they got ran out of the building. One blowout loss on a random Tuesday night, if you remember, against the Tennessee Titans. I was actually on the right side of that. Other than that, they won the rest of their schedule. 6-0 and in division, most importantly. Tom Brady leaves. Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and Brian Dable absolutely take advantage. And I love what Dable did with Josh Allen and the addition of Stefan Diggs to this roster. It is insanely impressive what Josh Allen did. I mean, if you really think about it, this is a guy that went from 20 touchdowns to 37 tugs and a QBR of 107.2. Gave us eight tugs on the ground and hooked up Diggs with the best season of his career unequivocally. Over 1,500 yards, 127 receptions. I mean, come on. This team had second in yards per game only behind the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of overall offense. Second most yards in the NFL offensive category last year. Also second to only the Packers in points per game. Only two clubs Average over 31 points a game last year. Matt LaFleur, not to be confused with Peter LaFleur from Globo Gym. And Aaron Rodgers on an MVP season. And Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and then Buffalo Bills Mafia. 31.3 points per game. Third in passing, rushed for over 100 yards on the ground with... Not the best running back unit. I mean, they're bringing back Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. They signed Matt Breida. This isn't a Madden running back room that's going to scare you. But Josh Allen on the ground. The athleticism this dude portrays. I mean, you do not want to see him Saturday morning and pick up basketball. This guy is a multifaceted athlete. Cannon for an arm. We're talking about people saying he's got the strongest arm in the league next to Patty Mahomes. This dude is remarkable. And this Bills defense, middle of the pack statistically last year, I love this secondary. Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, name me guys in your secondary that you don't want to see more than these three. A beast of a secondary, if I don't say so myself. Plus four in turnovers last year. And I'm saying to myself this, because I'm looking. At, is it this? I'm not saying the Bills are going to get 13 wins again. That would make them 13 and four on a 17 game season. But they're going to win the division in terms of who's competing against them. We have a Dolphins community that has not bought in to Tua at all. And Tua and the Dolphins were 10 and six last year. Pat seven and nine. Jets two and 14. So for me, it's. It's a three-horse race because I do think the Patriots, who have re-upped a ton of weapons offensively and defensively, but mainly offensively for Cam Newton, can give them a shot. But in terms of toe-to-toe, I mean, you look at last season, the Bills had a double-digit victory against everyone in the division. I mean, they embarrassed the Dolphins at the end of the season. Do you remember that was a three 
interception game. Tua threw. Josh Allen didn't even play the whole game. They put up over 50. I'm looking at strength of schedule. Bills are tied for 23rd with the easiest schedule, according to The Athletic. That is second easiest in the division. The Dolphins actually have the 27th easiest, but the Jets and Pats tied for 19th. Look, what happened last year? The Jets had the worst offense in the league. They averaged 15 points a game. I just alluded to it. The Bills had double just about in the 31 category. All their staple pieces are coming back. And you sign Emmanuel Sanders? The Bills are lucky to have Brian Dable for another year. There's continuity here. He's coming back for his fourth season under the Bills offense. Same amount as Josh Allen. Now, this guy was under Nick Saban. Won himself a ring a few years back. Also, prior to that, was the tight ends coach and had a previous stint on the Patriots earlier in his coaching career. This guy has been under Belichick. He has been under Saban. Now McDermott, who is very sound defensively, they have something special. I think this offense, they got trickery, they got speed all over, they have versatility, and with Josh Allen not really having many limitations with his athleticism and his ability to make all the throws, I think, again, their offense leads their defense. If they can protect the Rock, only 10 turnovers for Josh Allen last year, something similar of that ilk. I mean, this guy was top five in touchdowns thrown last year. I don't know if he's top five in the NFL in overall quarterbacks, but in a quarterback's league, Tua, rookie Zach Wilson, and Cam Newton, who people are stressing. And Cam Newton's my boy. I just don't know if he's going to best in games one what the Bills have to offer coming into this season. Again, let me repeat. Second in points, second in overall yards per game, third in passing, average over 100 on the ground, I love the secondary. Little Jerry Hughes up front. I just think with the Pats only averaging 20 last year offensively, you don't know how two is going to come back. There's tape on him. He's a game manager. I'm always going to go with a gunslinger that doesn't go more Brett Favre than he does Patty Mahomes in terms of mistakes in a guy that's a game manager in today's NFL. I think Tua is limited. I think Flores may be a little bit of a better coach than McDermott when it's all said and done, but we may have on our hands, next to Eric Bieniemy, the best offensive coordinator, quarterback, one-two combo in terms of continuity, in terms of what they've proven over just the last three years of a Costco sample size and Dable and Allen. And on that note, a 13-3 and season coupled with your 27th easiest schedule in the NFL next year and a rebuilding Jets squad and uncharacteristic Patriots squad and Tua is not a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Josh Allen, certified top 10. It's enough for me to fire on minus 140. Bills, lock of the day, minus 140. Let's go! Winning the AFC East for the second time in 26 years. Let's keep it moving. All right, this is going to sound ridiculous. Degenerate special. We are now in the Elite Eight of the Olympic basketball community. Group play is over. Win or leave Tokyo. Pack your 
bags if you don't win. I got all four games in a money line parlay. Don't worry about it. What the juice is you're swallowing. Just know to pair all of these four squads. Slovenia over Germany. USA over Spain. France over Italy. Australia over Argentina. Let's get into it. Slovenia. Oh my goodness, dude. We pin this game gorgeously. 95-87 over Spain. Bada bing, bada swing. They have not lost in the Olympic Games. And let me say this. Luca is 16-0 in international play. 16-0. Going against Germany, who's arguably the least impressive squad next to Argentina in the Elite Eight. They shouldn't even be here. They're 1-2. They're 1-2. They got out of their group. I mean, this team lost to Australia by 13 on Saturday. Meanwhile, you got Slovenia, five players in double figures. Luka only had 14. The guy dropped 48 against Argentina, 25 against Japan. I knew in Luka we trust. He messed around, almost got an ice cube triple-double. Guy had nine Danny Dimes. And how about this? Five members of his squad in double figures. And I love it. I don't think Germany's even going to come close. The spread is large. The money line's a lock. Doncic, sorry. You mean to tell me only two is seven from the field and the guy still messes around and balls out? Not to mention the defense where Spain only shot 37.7 from the field. Germany's got no shot here. Keep it moving. USA over Spain. We've been waiting for this all week. Spain. I'm sorry. I just alluded to it. Not impressive against Slovenia at all. Gasol brothers. Under 20 points between the two of them. I told you Ricky Rubio would be salty. He went from the T-Wolves to the Cavs in the NBA. That's got to be a lot for his man, Bun Noggin, going into international play. Guy was 7 for 23 from the field. Yeah, he had 18 points. Sorry, 7 of 23 in FIBA is abysmal. You can't do that and expect a positive outcome. And they lose, and they almost lose by double figures to Luka. And I will say, I liked what USA did after they went down by seven to check in the first quarter. Had them to cover 24, and they did. Come out, second quarter, 29-18. They have the lead going into half. Then, little Belichick Popovich adjustments, 35-17 in the third quarter and 37-24 to down the stretch. Led by Tatum with 27. Durant becomes the all-time USA leading scorer. He posts his 23. You get Tatum and Durant. Don't get me too excited about them ever playing ball together. 50-burger between the two of them. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the 50-good burger. Can I take your order? Five players in double figures. That doesn't include Dame, who will come back and have a stellar, stellar game against Spain. Spain's got no shot against the USA. I'm sorry. And moving over to France. Minus 430 over Italy for good reason. Italy, 2-1 in the Olympic Games. Gallinari, I'm sorry, will not be enough to edge out. What I would say is three very serviceable players in the NBA. Gobert, Fournier, and Batum. And let's not forget the homie Frank and the homie Timothy. That's right, there's five NBA players on France. And France is undefeated. 3-0, I'm going off of that. 
I'm going off the fact that Italy, believe it or not, got outscored by mediocre at best Germany in the first quarter a week ago. France is 3-0. They're in the one seat. They're in the driver's seat. I like France dancing with USA again. It's bound to happen. I don't see Italy having themselves an upset game. Maybe Italy covers the spread. I don't see it happening. I will take France over Italy in Rudy the Rim Protector. We trust. Ain't nobody going to outshoot these boys from Italy in a whole FIBA game. I'm sorry. It ain't happening. Not Olympic style. And last but not least, this is an eyes closed layup. Australia, second to win it all behind the USA, minus 440 over Argentina. Give me them on the money line. Defeating Germany by 13 in their most recent game. They are 3 and 0, unblemished. Patty, please sign with the Lakers Mills, the most dangerous Austin Powers international man of mystery you could possibly drum up. In FIBA play outside of that Luka undefeated record. Argentina, I'm sorry, they beat Japan on a 20-point victory. Skull, a little double-dub, little in-and-out double-double. But it doesn't neglect the fact that Argentina's 1-2. and two. This team should not be playing at this point. Compazzo's a nice piece, don't get me wrong. But there's just no way that Argentina beats Australia. Give me Joe Jingle Ingles all day. I like this spread being covered. This could be a double-digit W. There's just no way the ageless Benjamin Button, Luis Scola, guy looks like Tom Brady over there, aging backwards, must be rocking with Alex Guerrero or something for all we know, but it's not going to be enough. Australia is well-balanced. They got multiple guys in the NBA that can put up serious, serious international numbers. I don't see him edging it out. Australia beats Argentina, France beats Italy, USA. Oh, they hurt Spain's feelings. And Luca goes to 17 and 0, takes over Germany, minus 131 in a four-leg money line parlay. Your final four will be Larry Locked. It's just what it's going to be. I mean, this is this is Cupcake City. It is absolutely going to be Luca left. Team USA left, France left, and Australia. And if you can't see it any other way, I feel sorry for you, son. You're missing out on a cupcake parlay. Degenerate special of the day. Let's keep it moving. And last but not least, I can't believe the prop shop value we're getting right now. Give it to me, baby. Plus 850, Aaron State Farm Rodgers to throw the most passing touchdowns on the season next year. Plus 850, the 37-year-old, they have the audacity to put him fourth on this list. Mahomes at plus 340, Brady at plus 420, Russ Wills at plus 700, and then Aaron Rodgers. And behind him, our boy Josh Allen, and then Justin Herbie Hancock. All right. I'm blown away. I did a little research. Guys won the MVP three times. That's Aaron Rodgers. All right? Only one other man has won it more than three times. Peyton Manning, five. Favre, Peyton, Brady, the only lads in the whole NFL history to win this award more than twice. But you look at what... Aaron did last year. All right. Franchise record. 
franchise record, 48 touchdowns on a 70% completion percentage. Both, both Green Bay Packer records. Move over, Bart Starr. Move over, Brett Favre. Led the league in passer rating, 121.5, and interception percentage, 1. First quarterback to lead the NFL in all four of those categories since I was in Tommy Pickle, borderline diapers, 1994. Steve, not so old, young, was the last man to do it. 121.5 passer rating, falls just shy of what he did in 2011. But for the second straight year, the Green Bay Packer, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, led the Packers to a 13-3 record, this time with the one seed in the NFC. You know it, I know it, and for goodness freaking sake, this passer rating, 107 or better in 14 of his 16 games? Come on, 120 or more in 10 of those? I love the extra motivation going into this season. If you connect the dots on when he's won the MVP, won the MVP, First time after he won the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP after the 2011 season, okay? Proving to the league he is who he was, all playoffs, best in the Steelers, little extra motivation there. Then he won it in 2014 when they started out 1-2. and That was the good old time freaking flies. Relax, everybody. The offense is fine. Everyone picking on him in the Green Bay media all over the NFL airwaves saying he's not good enough. Boom. Let me stick a fork in you. One and two start. It ain't how you start. It's how you finish. Boom. Wins the MVP. And then last year, goes without saying. We don't even need to bring up the extra motivation. This guy had it in his blood to win every game he went out and suited up in last year. Earned the one C. Went ballistic. And just to give you an idea... 48 touchdowns last year. Brady and Russell Wilson tied for second. 40. 40 touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers' 48. No one else was even within eight touchdowns of this guy. See, everyone thinks Patty Mahomes is an automatic layup to throw the most touchdowns. He had 38 last year. Yes, he's thrown for 50 before. Yes, he has. But 38 touchdowns. Last season, Brady, interestingly enough, if you did not know, he's only thrown for 40 one other time in his entire season, and it was the year he had 50 in 2007 when I was in super bad high school. And Russ, 40 touchdowns last year, most touchdowns he's thrown since 2011. So hitting 40 touchdowns in 16 games, now 17, it ain't so easy, all right? Russ has never thrown for 40 touchdowns. 31 last year before year before last. If you're giving me the Aaron Rodgers, virtually same offense as last year, a little more chemistry with everybody, brings back his boy, Randall Cobb. Do we dare say throw him in a State Farm commercial again? Gets his boy. He has known... Better than anyone on this roster not named Devontae Adams. Oh, I love it. 850 plus 850 to throw the most touchdowns on FanDuel. I mean, seriously say that out loud. Aaron Jones is a Pro Bowl running back. Don't get it twisted. But 
you got to play a certain way defensively against a Green Bay offense that you have to protect every inch, every blade of grass when you go against number 12. And I see it like this. Last thing I'll say. Seattle has never been a pass-only offense. If you think about Russell Wilson's career, they ran the ball and loved to run the ball in the Pete Carroll offense almost always. Patty Mahomes, he could very well win this. But Andy Reid is too savvy and too much of a we-just-need-to-find-a-way-to-win-games kind of guy. He's not worried about having Patrick Mahomes put up ballistic statistics. Kind of a little bit more of what they did last year, in which Patty threw for 38. And then you say to yourself, Brady, look, there is the motivation, of course, for him always, and now it's to go back-to-back, returning every starter. I love Brady to have a lucrative year, but they don't need him to go out and throw 40 touchdowns this year. And I think it's going to be a lot more balanced of an offense. Less Brady, more Fournette, more rushing. That was an outlier year like I just alluded to. He hasn't thrown for over 40 since 2007. But Rodgers, he's done it three times. He's done it three times. And he threw for 48. I will put my money on Aaron Rodgers to throw the most touchdowns next year. Pissed off. Everyone not liking him walking in with flip-flops. Well, flop-flip on this, baby. Plus 850. 8.5 to 1. Sit back and watch him dominate this year. And that's it for me. I got the Bills to win the East. I got a sick Final Four for you locked in for the Olympic basketball parlay that pays minus 131. Thank you very much. And we have Aaron Rodgers to throw the most touchdowns for the second consecutive year. Coming off of 48 8 Touchdown lead lock. Oh, baby from last year. Thank you for tuning in. Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Appreciate you. Subscribe, rate, review if you're in the mood. Hey, we're just out here having fun, baby. Is it football season yet? Shout out to Brums on the ones and twos. Don't forget to hug your mother. We'll see you on Hump Day. I'm out. volume.